The content here is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult a healthcare professional with any medical questions and concerns. If you are experiencing an emergency or need immediate help, call 911. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapeutic relationship. I just get so angry. It's hard to sit still. I don't want to be this way. My brain just feels all scrambled. Welcome back to Scrambled. This is episode eight, The Family Matters. I'm your co-host, Chad Douglas. And I'm Nikki Shields. We are here with the Beeler family, Tara, Luke, Isaac, and Ian. And they are going to talk with us a little bit about their experience with anxiety. So let's get into uh, the family dynamic. Um, first of all, kind of explain to us, we'll go ahead and call him out. Isaac is the one um, who lives with anxiety, right? Yes. All right. And how old are you, Isaac? I am 12. Okay. Tara, when did you realize that anxiety was in your house? I think Isaac was around seven years old when we started noticing there were some behavioral changes for him. And what kind of behavioral changes did you see in your son? Uh, He was more irritable. He was angrier, um, very short-tempered, just not – he was always kind of happy, like a happy – child, very joyful. And that, that changed right around age seven. Was there anything that caused that to change? Not that we know of specifically, nothing that we were able to pinpoint. No. When did you know that it was time to ask for help? Because my understanding is that you have on your journey found, you know, different things that have helped. When did you know it was time to do something besides handle it as a family? I think when, you know, we had tried everything that we knew to try, um, we'd also consulted with his teacher and um, we went and saw his pediatrician and she suggested perhaps seeing someone. And when you say seeing someone, that was someone in behavioral health? Yes. I'm sorry. Seeing a therapist. Yes. Okay. Okay. Was there any place you could go at this time for support? Honestly, we were brand new to the mental health we, we didn't know anything about it. Um, I feel like our area has good resources once you figure out what they are and where they are. We just kind of talked to each other. We honestly didn't even tell our folks about it. How did you handle it as, as you know, co-parents? How did you, did you talk about it with each other? Did you, because I know for some families it can become kind of a source of tension and conflict. A lot of times there's disagreement about how we should deal with it. How did you handle it together? Well, I I would say, Nikki, that there was a lot of tension um, when it all first started happening. And it was very easy for us to, I would say it took us a long, probably the best way to say is it took us a long time to realize that there was something else going on, that it wasn't just parenting mishaps or we didn't understand Isaac or there was some routine that had gotten off or some sort of, we assumed it was another phase he was going through that we didn't have the toolkit available to um, deal with. And so I I do remember us doing some research online and maybe like consulting. I don't remember if we'd read any books at this point yet. I don't think we had until, until we went and got um, a, a, a global done on Isaac. And I think that was even after we had spent some time with a therapist. Um, so to say tension would be an understatement, uh, I, I think for Tara and I, because you know, it was very easy for us to blame each other. Um, you know, like, man, we're causing, or, you know, even blame ourselves. I shouldn't even say each other, but blame ourselves mm-hmm. for 
the way I'm, you know, approaching Isaac when he's having these outbreaks, um, for lack of a better word to describe it, uh, maybe I'm being too tough on him or I'm not recognizing or, you know, all the things that we, it's hard to talk in, in, uh, past tense because all the thing there are things that I know in the way I handled situations after talking, because we did joint sessions with Isaac, with the therapist. And, um, so, you know, looking back, there definitely were things we could handle differently, uh, to make it less of an issue for Isaac. Well, but I think then as, as a parent too, I think, Every parent's anxiety or not looks back and, and goes, I could have done this a lot better for myself yeah. and for my child. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because Isaac is your oldest. So you mentioned, Luke, about going, you know, is this just another phase and stuff? Mm-hmm. At what point did you and Tara realize that this is not a phase? Was it after the conversation with the teacher or the pediatrician that you went, there There must be a, a, a different issue here? Gosh, Chad, that's a good question. I feel like it was more of a journey. There was no like aha moment. I think I think we just continued to try different things. All those things resulted in the same actions and same difficult situations. And we just continued to exhaust every resource we had available. I think too, um, we became tired. You know, mm. what we were doing wasn't working and... I think we kind of admitted to ourselves, all right, we've got to look elsewhere to get help because this is not the child that we, you know, we knew. Um, We'd always labeled him as strong-willed. Nothing was getting better and we were so tired and we were tense and it's stressful on the family when somebody is so angry all the time that you sort of feel like you're walking on eggshells because you don't want to upset him. And that's really, it sounds terrible because he was like six or seven at the time. You know, I feel like it sounds like we weren't good parents because we were just tiptoeing around so we didn't make him angry, but we honestly didn't know what was going to set him off or anything like that. Um, and I think we just got tired of, of dealing with it on our own and we knew we, we weren't getting anywhere. Um, how many parents out there listening to this right now raise their hands who can relate, <laughs> right? And it's just one of those things. So advice, Tara and Luke, that you guys have for other parents who might listen to this and go, oh my gosh, this is, this is my child that they're talking about. There's a lot of different things now that Luke touched on earlier that I feel like we could have done better. The first thing I would say is try and stay calm with your child. Cause when you get upset and aggravated and stressed out, it just, it's like a cycle. And through this, Luke and I actually both found out we have anxiety and probably have had it since childhood. It's always very interesting what you find out, but I would say reach out, um, reach out to your pediatrician or your primary care provider. You just have to ask a question. Or if you don't, you know, if you don't have a doctor, call the local medical facility and just ask about behavioral health, you know, and maybe not everybody needs a therapist, but there's support groups and other things. So I would just say reach out, even if it's to your friends, to somebody that maybe can direct you in the, in a, in the right direction. Did you feel like you had someone in which to reach out? Not really. Not at the time. No. And I still think when we, when we were dealing with it, it was still felt fairly new in this area. I, I, um, and, and again, maybe Tara and I were just naive about the things that were available to us. I think that's why we ended up with our pediatrician. Cause we were just like, and we don't, we don't know what to do next. And the only other thing that I'd add on what I, you know, if, if folks are listening and, and, and feeling like they may be in a similar situation, I, I, I feel like it took us a long time to trust our instincts and be willing to act on it. And I think 
if you know your child was one way at one point in their childhood and things feel different, you're unable to work through them with them. Parents shouldn't be ashamed that they can't figure it out on their own. And I, I'm not saying we were ashamed, but I think, I don't know if stubborn's even the right word. We assumed that it, there was there were simple fixes. And um, I think I think folks should trust their instincts and be more willing to admit that there are tools that they don't possess because nobody's ever been through it before, right? I think that's the unique part about parenting that we're sometimes slow to accept is we're all parents for the first time, right? So there's no... There's nothing, no toolkit to look back on. Think back to the first time that you ever shared with someone that you were having a hard time, that Isaac was struggling. Was it a family member, friend? It could be, you know, uh, your physician, whatever. But what was that like? What was it like to say, you know, this is really hard. We're not really sure what we're doing here. How did that go? I don't, I honestly don't know if this was the first time, but this is the first time that I remember um, was talking to his pediatrician. I didn't feel ashamed because I was so tired at that point. Um, and I just, we wanted help. She was great. She talked to Isaac. She talked to us. She felt, she was very supportive. She never made us feel, you know, like we were bad parents. She was very reassuring. I think I also felt a little bit of relief when she acknowledged that, yes, it seems like there's something bigger going on here than, you know, what you two can handle. Yeah, I, I think relief was the biggest feeling I had when we finally reached out. Did you start to talk about it more after that? Do you feel like that first time kind of helped, you know, lay the foundation for telling your story and sharing with others later? I do. I think it took us a little bit before we were really comfortable sharing with extended family and friends um, because he was young and we didn't, you know, I feel like, you know, five, six years ago, there was still that, you know, stigma with anxiety or depression or anger issues or whatever. It definitely got easier every single time, but we waited, I think, until we sort of could see some changes and we knew that that was the right steps to take. And I think once we knew that Isaac was comfortable with us talking about it too, you know, we're, we're blessed with a boy that um, is very good about sharing how he feels about things with us, which, you know, in hindsight is a big part of, of what led to his anxiety because he's always been really advanced at feeling his feelings um, and just not dealing with them. So once Isaac was able to tell us, hey, I, I don't mind if you guys talk about it. You know, we're at the point now where we talk about it really openly um, because I, I think for us, it's just, I, I think the things, the toolkits that Isaac's therapist and others that um, have worked with him and with us are things that you, that kids need to learn regardless of anxiety. And this life is going to throw you a lot of problems. You're going to have anxiety, whether or not you have generalized anxiety disorder. And I wish more parents would seek help in understanding how to deal with anxiety in general, regardless of if their kid has a severe anxiety uh, diagnosed issue. I might be a little biased, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree as well. We're going to talk to Isaac here in just a little bit, but I want to just kind of catch people up before we bring him in kind of full time. Where are you now on your anxiety journey? You in a good place? Yeah, I think so. I think um, every year Isaac gets a little better. Um, I'm sure some of that is maturity and um, learning how to cope with his anxiety. The tools that he's learned have been helpful. And just, I think to us, 
kind of learning how to deal with him. You know, his teachers know now and his school knows. And I, I mean, quite a few of his friends know. We are worlds beyond where we has where we started. Is there still room to grow? Oh, gosh, Chad. Yeah, it, that's what's going to be my comment. I don't think I don't think we know or like with anything in life, there's no finish line, right? Because it's been a journey for us too, to Tara's point. Um, we we have had to learn how to live and conduct ourselves differently as parents with a child who has anxiety. And and so we've had to make changes in our approach and our communication and our patience. And I use the term our loosely. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's been a big adjustment for me, um, for sure. The only reason I bring that up is because I think we have gotten better in helping Isaac in a way that helps him remember to use his toolkits and I think collectively as a family, we're, we continue to get better, not just Isaac getting better. What's something that you've both had to change in how you parent in order to better work with Isaac? What do you, what do, you do different now that you would never have thought you would do differently? I think the biggest thing for me, if I, if I had to pick one thing, is changing. I don't know how it was implanted in me. I honestly don't, even through some of my own therapy journeys, but Allowing my boys to feel their feelings has been the biggest change for me. Um, and then allowing those feelings to be out and not react to them right away. And then coming back to them later to talk about them when everybody's in a good place. And I'm still, to, to my point earlier, I'm still not there, Nikki. Like, I'm not perfect at it by any means. Um, but I'm better. And that, that probably has, has been the biggest change for me. And I'm still not good at it. But. Well, but don't you think that that's it's made you a better dad? Um, probably, Chad. Yeah, probably. I think it's. <laughs> I don't know whether dad specific, but like just a better parent. I think. Yeah. I, I think I've been able to connect with the boys better in the last three or four years than I than I ever have. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's something that's missing from society, and a gross generalization here is just that, that parents aren't connecting to their children and whether that's, you know, full disclosure, my kids each have an iPad, but it's like, you know, you have all those electronic stuff. And sometimes I think the, the younger kids don't know how to associate with parents. So when I run into a kiddo who can carry on in a conversation with me, I love that. And I will talk to that kid until I'm blown in the face just because you kind of miss that. But I think talking about your feelings, talking about what's wrong, and you have to do it as we've talked about in previous episodes, you have to do it when you're both in the green zone. If, uh, uh, what'd you say, Nikki, an, an elevated and escalated adult will not calm down an escalated child or right. even an escalated adult if we're talking that <laughs> exactly. way. So I think it makes you better parents because I know in my family, it was exactly that. It was like you would have the child acting out. Well, then we've got to discipline this child, put him in timeout or do whatever. And it wasn't working. But now that you can have a conversation with the kid and, and have a nice, I guess, adult conversation, but it's talking about your feelings and explaining, this is how I felt. Well, this is what I did. And, and swallowing your pride as a parent and admitting sometimes you're sorry because you said something that you probably shouldn't have and teaching those kids. And my hope is anyways, my kids get older and, and face more difficult challenges. I hope they come to me because we've laid this base as they were young that I'm a trusted individual and you can tell me anything. Although sometimes they come to me with stuff and I'm like, oh, awkward. I'm not prepared to talk about that right now. <laughs> but that's that's part of parenting. I love what you said, Luke, about, you know, you, you get it out there and then you kind of take a break and you come back to it. You close the loop. You you address what went on. You talk about what happened. And I think that's a really difficult skill. That's like expert level stuff. Um, and that's hard for families to do. But I think that's the only way to get through 
some of these really hard moments. And and again, whether you're dealing with clinical level anxiety or just, you know, average humans um, experiencing life stress, being able to, the, okay, so that's a thing. That's a thing that happened. Let's, let's regroup in 10 minutes. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll get it sorted out. The waiting is the hardest part. I, you know, Isaac's therapist was always very helpful in, in helping us to do exactly what Chad was talking about. Um, and, and, and it's the, I think the immediate adult reaction is to react and you got to address it right at the time. And again, that's been one of the hardest things to correct. And I, I love Chad that you said it, this isn't something that, um, you know, Tara and I, of course, now that we've been into it, Tara much better than I has done a great job of just continuing to educate herself and therefore help me just of all the resources that are out there to, you know, that have been written or documented. And one thing that I was never very good at was going back and apologizing to the boys when I couldn't control my emotions. And I think, you know, Chad, the reason that I thought about that, Chad, is you used the term adult conversation. And I, I think that's something that we need to continue to change as, as a society and folks that are aware of anxiety issues that I don't know if it's necessarily an adult thing because we struggle to control our emotions too, right? I think it's just sure. admitting that learning to deal with emotions is a hard thing and it's a journey for everybody. And, and when you can tell your kids that, I think it allows them a little more levity and a little more space to not worry about how they're going to react every time something happens. I remember in kindergarten, we sang a song and it was called, it's all right to cry. Feelings come and feelings go, but it's all right to cry. And it's, I mean, it's been a thousand and fifty years since I've been in kindergarten, but that's, <laughs> that's stuck with me. So yeah, talk, talk about our feelings. It's kind of a hard thing to, to do sometimes, but gosh. We need to bring that song back. I think that, that message. We'll re-record it after this. How about that, Nikki? Perfect. I'll sing. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk to Isaac, please. All right, so you're 12, correct? Yes. Tell me what it's like for you nowadays when you get anxious. How do you feel? You know, it's still hard. I still, since I had such a good therapist that helped me out, I feel I have tools now to kind of cope with that stress and anxiety. It's, yeah, it's still hard to kind of deal with it. And when I'm still tr when I'm trying to focus on schoolwork or stuff like that, I'm have all these other things going on inside my head, and I'm trying to push those things out and focus on one thing. But all these tools that I've gotten has made this a lot easier. But it's still it's still hard. Sure. What what makes you anxious? Do you know what your triggers are? Um, you know. There's a lot of things that make me anxious, like worrying about maybe a test at school. Yeah, rushing around, trying to get from place to place, mm -hmm. saying we have a big day ahead of us. How do you handle that? If you have those two tests coming up this week, what are some things you're going to do that will help you with your anxiety about those things? One thing is I take, take it one step at a time, and I try to, instead of focusing on both of the tests, I will take out individually, set them out and say, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to work on this. I'll study for this a little bit. I'll study for the math test a little bit. So I don't try to pack everything together because that's just even worse because you're trying to do a bunch of things at once. So I try, yeah, I try to kind of separate things. It makes it a lot easier. 
are you able to do that by yourself or do you need mom and dad's help to to remind you, hey, let's separate stuff out? I feel like I've gotten better at doing that. Not great, but better. <laughs> okay. I still I still um get help from them to separate stuff out. They remind me saying, Hey, did you get this done? Did you do your reading homework? They'll help me they always help me plan out stuff, which makes it so much easier to deal with everything especially when I'm trying to do like I'm trying to focus on this test when I have when it's really hard for me to kind of put individual put them in individual steps so yeah they help Isaac do you ever talk to your friends about what you've been through do you ever share that with other kids and let them know yeah I tell a lot of people I tell not a lot of people I tell my friends my that I can trust and a lot of my friends are very supportive about it. They're like, hey, that sounds tough. Is there anything I can do to help? And it makes me feel good. And like, yeah, they, they help. It sounds like you have awesome friends. Yeah, they're pretty good. That's awesome. Hang, hang on to them. So let's go back a little bit to where you were around six years old. Can you kind of explain to us what it felt like inside your body when now that we know it was anxiety, but at the time we didn't? What was going through Isaac's body? I was kind of at a loss. I didn't really know what was going on. There was so many things going on inside my head, way more than now. Since I've gotten help, not knowing what it was was a little scary. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if there was something wrong with me or if it was just a phase that I was going through. It, it was tough. Your mom said you used to get angry all the time. How angry would you get? I would get pretty angry. I would, I would throw things, and yes, I was a seven-year-old, but I would throw things, like, a lot more than a seven-year-old should. Mm-hmm. I would yell at him. I would yell at my parents. I'd yell at my brother. Even when he's trying to be nice, I'd, and kind of help me, if saying, hey, why are you mad? I'd just yell at him, and I'd want to be alone. But now knowing that I've slowly learned that not being alone through all this is not going to help. Yeah, I going to people is going to be a lot better than trying to deal with it yourself. That's super great advice. Have you, Isaac, ever had anyone be unkind or mean to you when you were having a hard time with anxiety? Not directly to anxiety, like not saying, hey, that's, you're odd like this. But they've, when I've been really stressed out, I have people, I've had people be mean to me, not because of, like that my ADD and stuff like that but because I I don't honestly know why and it's really hard when people are being mean to me and I'm trying to and it just makes it even worse and my anxiety flares up and it kind of goes crazy those are some of the hardest moments when people are being mean to me but have you learned any tricks that you could you can use in those situations or things that you might tell other kids to use if somebody's being mean to them about anxiety or ADHD or anything else ignore them they don't know what it's like to have all that and know that having problems with mental health isn't a bad thing lots of people have like go through it without actually knowing that they have it i just say ignore them if you have anything that relaxes you do that take deep breaths Walk away from them and just, I learned a trick from my therapist about thinking of funny things. I just come up with these random things that make me laugh and it 
pretty much push everything away in that moment. Isaac, have you ever had a panic attack? Yeah, I don't. That is still one thing that I'm trying to figure. If it was, it felt like a panic attack. Like I, mm-hmm. so yes, I think so. It, it kind of felt like I was getting, I was in like one room and the, the walls were closing in on me. My mm-hmm. mind was spinning and spinning. Like it felt like a giant weight was on my chest. So just pushing down. Okay. That sounds pretty, uh, panic attacky <laughs> to me. When you had that experience, Isaac, what helped you to calm down? Can you remember any of the things that you or other people did that helped you to feel better? My parents, they'd help me. They'd sit, ne- they'd sit next to me and kind of talk about what it felt like and saying, hey, it's okay. Well, if And then I'd use certain tools. I'd take deep breaths in the middle of it. If it feels like I can't, if it feels like I'm getting sucked in, I just take deep breaths and that helps, helps it to go away. Pushing on walls, like kind of doing something that my brother with a little bit of his anxiety I he told me pushing on walls and it sounds odd at first but it really helps it kind of like you're pushing all of that anger it's flowing through your arms right into the wall and all of that stuff going on inside your head sounds like a pretty good trick talk a little bit about you you've mentioned some stuff about your brain kind of swirling around and stuff what does it feel like inside your head when you get anxious I almost think that everything is like something bad's going to happen. I'm thinking one thing's going on inside my left side of my head and one thing's going on inside my right. It's like a whirl of emotions. There's so many things going on. Say even like one little thing, like we're going to go see the movies, which sounds like a good thing at first, but when I'll be stressed, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to like this movie. Is there going to be scary trailers before it am I gonna miss my friend's party there's so many things going on. it's kind of it's stressful because there's a lots of things that you try to deal with and if you put and if you focus on one thing inside of your head that's going on it's it yeah it doesn't it's yeah it sounds stressful because you said you know going to the movies should be something fun but there might be a scary trailer or something might happen on the way, something you can't even control that maybe one of us here doesn't even think about, but I hadn't even thought about that. Is there going to be something scary that's, that's there? That's interesting. You also mentioned your brother's anxiety. Does, does he have it as well? He's not diagnosed, but from what I have learned about anxiety, I feel like, and knowing all this kind of symptoms, I feel like he might have a little bit. Yeah, he and he uses some of the tricks that I do. He pushes on the walls. Good. Yeah, you said you learned that from him. So can we talk to Ian for a little bit? Yes. So Ian, how old are you? Eight years old. Okay. Explain to us. <laughs> it's funny because when we record these, we have a little uh, webcam element. So I see Luke right there behind Ian. And I'm going to ask a tough question, Dad. Explain to us, Ian, what it's like living with anxiety in your house? Well, it's kind of crazy all the time. How so? Well, if Isaac gets mad, it will seem like something bad is going to happen, like Dad and Ike are going to get into a fight. So, Ian, how do you feel when that happens? Kind of anxious. Okay. What do you do when that happens? If if Isaac and your dad are, are kind of arguing, what do you, what do you do? I'll normally move to a 
like the basement or upstairs. Do you feel anxious or do you feel sad? Do you feel worried? What's going on inside you? I kind of feel worried that Ike is going to, well, get in really big trouble. Okay. So how much do you worry about your brother? Pretty often. And what do you worry about? Sometimes he'll get bullied at school, and I'm worried we're going to have to change schools. How do you handle stuff like that? How do you handle your, your thoughts and your worries? Kind of just sit by him and talk to him. What kind of t- conversations do you and Isaac have when, when you're talking about anxiety? I would ask, how was his day? Or did you do anything exciting at school? I feel like sometimes I'll ask him also, are you mad or are you sad that you didn't get to do something? And he'll answer you? Normally. <laughs> okay. What, what a cool relationship you and your brother have. Ian, you've experienced your brother's anxiety and you can tell when he's having a hard time. How do you know? How do you know if mom or dad or Isaac are feeling anxious? How would you how would you recognize that? Well, it's normally how they are acting okay. or just how they're talking to each other. You pay attention to their their tone of voice and their body language and stuff like that. Yeah. What is something you have learned through all of this with something that you either a trick you've learned or something that you know about yourself now because of everything your family has gone through? If something is going on like a conversation and then that conversation turns into a fight with words. I've learned that maybe I should just move away, go upstairs or go downstairs into the basement and take deep breaths. So you've learned to kind of get yourself away from what's going on, calm your own self down, and that has helped you. Yes. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Ian. That was awesome. You're welcome. You want to bring uh, mom and dad back for us, please? So much, I think, effort is focused on the child with anxiety that a lot of people may not understand what the parents go through. Either one of you want to talk about that? I feel like we were lucky that we had both with the therapist that Isaac has had and with the pediatrician that she all, they, they both always included us. Like it, yeah. it wasn't just therapy for Isaac. It was therapy for Isaac and who, you know, the parents, whether we were both there or I was there or Luke was there. Sometimes even Ian came. So I did feel like it was acknowledged and then some. Um, and then I think to understanding that maybe going yourself to therapy would be beneficial to just mm-hmm. talk through all that with somebody and then whatever issues we have because we all have issues. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a good point, Chad. Um, definitely. What kind of pressure did you guys get under, whether it be in from other family members or friends, school, society, when they might see somebody in the store? And I, I told the story in an earlier podcast one day when we were at church. My son, he was eight at the time, was underneath the pew and just squirming around. And we're going, Do you need to set up here. And we got in the car and I lost it. 
just upset. We got home. I wasn't speaking to anybody. The kids come downstairs and they're like, we're ready to talk. I wasn't, but I'm like, if the kids are taking the initiative, then I need to do this. So they're explaining their situation. And I tried to call their bluff and I said, what was the sermon on today? And my son told me. Oh. And that was a light bulb moment because even though he wasn't sitting there prim and proper listening in church, he was under the pew. He was listening. So then that helped me explain to his teachers that, yeah, he's fidgeting around or he might not look like he's paying attention, but he is listening. And then his mm-hmm. test scores showed that he was he was getting that. And I see, again, we're on a video thing there that Isaac's back there nodding his head <laughs> that he's yeah. kind of agreeing. I'm thinking he and my son might uh, get along really well. Um, so kind of talk about the pressures you guys might have gone through with that of going like, you know, people think I'm a bad parent maybe because the kid is under the pew at church when mm-hmm. all he's doing is just trying to get away from a large crowd of people. He's trying right. to be in a safe place. You know, um, we were pretty fortunate with Isaac in that he seemed to hold it together pretty well in public. There were a few times maybe like at the grocery store or something, but I think where I felt the most pressure was from our parents because you know, I think that's that age where they don't really, they're not necessarily on board with, you know, anxiety diagnosis or mental health diagnoses and going to therapy. And then definitely when we started him on medicine, both my mom and Luke's mom both expressed concern over it. And honestly, like we didn't tell them until we had to tell them, like whenever Isaac stayed the night with them and they were forced to give him the medication. Um, so that's where I felt the most pressure was, I think, from our own family. I don't know that we've ever felt, and, and Tara and I, maybe it's blessed or cursed, um, probably should be more concerned with how people out in society feel. <laughs> we're, we're just not very good about appreciating that, so to speak. I mean, we, we definitely care about what people think about us, but not people we don't know, I suppose is probably the right way to say it. Um, but I, you know, Chad, for me, you touched on something that has been really hard for me and, and we haven't talked about it much, but part of Isaac's anxiety that comes along with it is OCD and, and ticks. And that was the hardest part for mm-hmm. me. And what I worried about a lot was how do we get people to understand those ticks and OCD tendencies are connected to his anxiety and that it's not him acting out or him not not being in control of himself and 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 I again I, I I'm biased but Isaac hand, has handled it like a champ mostly because of the tools his 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 therapist gave him early on but but gosh that that part for me was hard cuz I didn't want people to look at him different right. and so dealing with that just in my own mind, not necessarily anybody ever telling me, and I don't think most kids or teachers ever even noticed it like I thought they would. I just think we knew about it and we could see them. I mean, we still know when they happen today, but um, most people don't. And as parents, we don't want our kids to, to struggle with something, especially if it's something that we can't explain or we can't fix for them. And so that's that's an added layer of how all of this can be so hard for a family is mm-hmm. you just you worry about all those layers. I want to ask Isaac a question. If there was something that you wish everybody out there listening to this understood about what it's like to be a kid with anxiety difficulties, what would that be? What would you want people to understand about what you struggled with? Even though it can be hard at sometimes, if you end up getting diagnosed with anxiety or something that don't 
start fretting right, right away. If you get the right amount of, if you get help and talk through it with friends and family, it, it helps. So don't just give up if you're feeling, if you, if you're feeling stressed, don't just be like, I'm done. You, because I have gone from my mind being like a tornado to a little, a little better. It's not, it's not completely better, but it, it's gotten so much better. So don't, yeah. So don't give up. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. You can handle it. Keep going. Find help. Those mm-hmm. are those. That's great advice, Isaac. Guys, I want to sincerely thank you for being so open and candid with us tonight. Our whole point in starting this podcast, and I feel like if you're a regular listener, you probably get sick of us hearing us say this, but it's to start a conversation and to normalize exactly what we talked about tonight. So, so much gratitude toward you, Luke, Tara, Isaac, and Ian for being so open and candid. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah, We appreciate what you guys are doing, Chad and Nikki. It's... um it's needed it's needed it's it's in I, I, isaac hit the nail on the head that there's there's more kids out there that have it than don't and um the kids shouldn't feel ostracized or or on an island um because because they're dealing with anxiety so. absolutely it's just a matter of reaching out to that right person if it's not mom and dad find a, a teacher a, a coach a cousin an aunt an uncle a, someone just to open the conversation box On our next episode of Scrambled, we're going to talk more about what parents go through and what happens when they may feel that everyone, including some of their closest friends, family, professionals, have given up on their child. If you liked this episode and thought it helped, the best thing you can do is share it with others that might be in need of it. Check out our website at scrambledpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. And we ask you to review us and like our podcast. The more folks that like us and review us, the more lists we move up and the more eyes and ears that get on the Scrambled Podcast. And it helps us continue the conversation, which starts with you.